Hallelujah, hallelujah. Good morning, good morning, and hallelujah. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Well, we thank the Lord this morning. We just know that God is moving mighty by his power, and we thank the Lord even now, regardless of any technical difficulties or interruptions in the spirit realm, we just give God all the glory and all the praise for the mighty work that he has done and that which he is doing So I am just going to praise him, and I know you all are that are listening this morning, and whenever you're listening, just know that God is moving by his mighty power. No matter what interruptions the enemy may try to bring in your life, just know that God is in control. Just continue to surrender to him and not allow any distractions in the powerful name of Jesus, because that's what the enemy wants to do is bring distractions. So all the more we give God all the glory, the honor, and the praise. This is Elder Gloria Holloway, founding president of the Center of Renewal Ministries International. You have tuned into the Higher Design for Living Blog Talk Radio broadcast. We thank God for the Blog Talk Radio, and we thank God for you, our listening audience that you have taken the time to honor God with your presence, to see what the Lord has to say to you this morning. So we thank God even now for fresh revelation of his truth, of who he is and therefore who we are in him. We are just another voice crying in the wilderness for the saints of God to come up higher, higher in the things of God to see what God is saying and to see things from his perspective. He said that he will show us things that must come as things we know not of. So we just bless the Lord for revelation this morning and revelation knowledge and understanding and his wisdom and and all the many blessings that he has in store for us, his people. And we just thank him for it even now of the Holy Spirit speaking in and through us that we are are listening in expectancy of what the Lord has to say to each one of us because we know that God does nothing by happenstance. He does he has a purpose in everything. So we just thank the Lord that He is He's speaking even now loud and clear to us, His people, to hear what He has to say to us this 
morning. Hallelujah. And I want to send a, a shout-out to Pastor Fabian Tucker in his presence ministries located at 2725 10th Street Northeast in Washington, D.C., and the entrance is on, Franklin, on the Franklin Street side of the building, and that's the Noyes Elementary School, and the services start every Sunday at 10 a.m. And if you talk about a powerful time in the Lord and fresh revelation on Sunday morning and, and, and so much word that you just, your faith just rises to heights as never before because we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And it's not just hearing the word one time, but hearing the word many times, as many times as we can, that our faith is increasing even now and evermore. So as you go to these services on Sunday morning, I tell you the Lord is moving mighty by his power, by his spirit in the services, and we come out just filled and rejoicing and encouraged and strengthened by the anointing and the powerful word of God that goes forth every Sunday morning. And we also want to send a shout-out to Pastor Emmanuel Bayou of the Christ Liberated Church at 2404 Queen Mitchell Road in Gainesville, Maryland, and those services are also every Sunday at 10 a.m. And then on, on, on Monday evenings, we want to send a shout-out to Elder Sheila Kills, who ministers in a powerful way through her Monday night prayer line at 7.30 p.m., and that's every Monday night at 7.30 p.m. And I tell you again, if you want to experience the Lord in, in a powerful way, I mean, the anointing just flows through the airways like never before. And you can join us by calling 218 218- Nine three six four seven hundred. The passcode is two zero nine two four zero six. And again, that's two one eight nine three six four seven hundred. Passcode two zero nine two four zero six. And then on Thursday nights, we want to send a shout out to. Pastor Prophetess Jacqueline Morse, Real Life Ministries, and a powerful living prayer line, and that's every Thursday evening at 7.30 p.m. And again, just another powerful time in the Lord. I tell you, you know, it's just really amazing. You know, when he said that there is no distance in the spirit and that the Lord God is everywhere, he's omnipresent, and that is so true, and it is evidence as we come on these prayer lines throughout the week. And the number to call in to, to get even more of the power of the Lord is 218-862-6789, 218-862-6789. And the access code is 919-873. And bless the Lord every morning at 6 a.m. Starting at 5.50 a.m., we take all prayer requests. And then at 6 a.m., we go straight into the throne room with Pastor Fabian Tucker in the IHP House of Prayer line. I tell you, again, you're talking about starting your day off in a powerful way and energized and encouraged and ready to bless somebody with the peace and joy of the Lord, knowing that you're going to have a fruitful day, then you want to call in to 270-696-1555, Access code is? Five five four zero three zero nine five five four zero three zero nine. I just thank the Lord for you know uh, somebody said on the line this morning. Thank God for technology, and I truly thank God for technology. That's why I bless the Lord for the different prayer lines that we're able to to be on when God said to, 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 to spread his word, to, to go ye into all nations. <laughs> I know they had no idea about what we have available to us right now. There is no reason whatsoever for the word of God not to be spread throughout the nations because we can be right in our homes and spread the word because of the power of God that's flowing from heart to heart and breast to breast in these airlines through the blog talk radio and all of the other 
uh, platforms and venues that God has made available to us, his people, we are truly without an excuse not to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't have to do unless God says otherwise, but we don't have to stand on the corner with the bullhorn uh, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. But if that's how God leads you, then so be it. But for those that, that, that don't feel that that's how they're supposed to Spread the gospel. You have many, many ways. So seek the Lord to find out how he wants you to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we, again, we just thank you for joining us this morning. I am just so excited. I am just so elated about what God is doing in the body of Christ, what he's going to do. So though the darkness is raging around us, but he said his light will shine even the more brighter. It cannot be hidden. It cannot be hidden. So we're going to shine the light everywhere we go in the mighty name of Jesus. Shall we pray? Father God, we give you glory, we give you honor, and, oh, God, how we give you the praise because you and you alone are truly worthy, oh, God. We just thank you this morning for your presence that is flowing even now through cyberspace, oh, God, through the airways, oh, God. Oh, God, we just thank you this morning for your holy presence. God, you're just so faithful, oh, God. And, Lord, I just want to thank you, Lord God, for waking us up this morning and putting and you being on our mind, oh, God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, that we just want to come and hear what you have to say to give you the glory and the honor, oh, God, to, to, to be obedient to whatever it is you tell us to do this morning and throughout this day. And we thank you, Lord God, we're expecting to hear a word from you, Lord God, fresh revelation, Lord God, fresh understanding and clarity, oh, God, and that which you have purposed for us, oh God, as we talk this morning about old issues in the midst of new revelation. So, Lord, for those old issues that we're still holding on to, those things, Lord, of our past that we have not cast off of us, oh God, we just ask, oh God, that you will empower us even the more to let go of our old issues, oh God, that we may receive the revelation of the truth of who you are and who we are in you. God, that we may go forth into the fullness of your power to be and to do that which you have purposed and ordained since before the beginning of time. Oh, God, so you're looking to and fro to see who is available. But many of us are weighted down with old issues, oh, God, old thought patterns, old mindsets, Lord God, old disappointments, unforgiveness, Lord God, old pains, Lord God, old uh, uh, habits, Lord God, that are not pleasing unto you, oh, God. But, God, we know that you're able to do exceeding abundantly, oh, God, for where we are weak, then you are strong, Lord God. You said your grace is sufficient, Lord God. So, God, we thank you right now for your grace, oh, God. Oh, God, we thank you right now, Lord God, for the enabling power of your Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. So, God, we thank you right now, Lord, as as you, you, as you teach, as you speak. Use my mouth. Use my voice. For, Lord, I am available to you. I am thine, O oh Lord. I am thine, O oh Lord. Consecrate me now for thy service, Lord, for I belong to you, O oh God. And I just thank you, Lord God, even now, O oh God, for having your way, not just in and through me, but through all those that are listening, O oh God. And, God, that you will not only speak words to us for us, O oh God, for our deliverance, for our encouragement, O oh God, but that you will give us words for others, God that they too may be free, because that's really what it's all about, oh God. It's not about us, God, but yes, free us so that we can help free somebody else. So God, I thank you right now for freeing us, your people, to be all that you have purposed and ordained for us for such a time as this. For we are a prepared people, and you're leading us into a prepared place. So we thank you right now, Lord, that you will show us just how prepared we really are this morning, Lord. So I thank you in advance, oh God, for what you are going to do even the more, the manifestation of your glory in the mighty and precious name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Amen, amen, amen. To God be all the glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Old issues in the midst of new revelation. 
Uh, I'm just going to go back a little bit over what we talked about last week, but I really want to go ahead and move forward into what I believe the Lord is leading me to say this morning and to share um, of his truth for us that we may, again, be free of any old issues, that there's nothing hanging on to us, that we are casting off everything that easily beset us, that's weighing us down, that God is just, again, is able to move by his power and his spirit and that we are not being a hindrance to what the Lord is doing and that we even cast down those imaginations and those vain things that exalt itself or those things that we think are more powerful than the word of God and that we continue to allow to hinder us that we continue to look and view things from the past rather than from where we are and where God is taking us as he is revealing to us even on today. Amen, amen, amen. Um, years ago I had a, a, a teaching from um, one of the pastors years ago, and he talked about um, when we look at the word when it says when Paul tells us to uh, uh, to get rid of the weights that easily beset us, those things that are weighing us down, that are a hindrance. And um, um, when we look at, at the, the scripture that talks about those those weights that easily beset us, and, and one uh, the teaching that I heard was talking about during um, the Roman times back in Jesus' time and before uh, they had a... Um, uh, a way of punishment when someone killed someone. Um, sometimes they would rather than than doing whatever the other methods were, like the crucifixion and all of that. And rather than doing that, they would tie the dead body to the person, and that was um, it's called um, I think they referred to it as necromancy. And and the necromancy is of course in today's time is uh, dealing with dead things. And 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 the connecting with the dead and and looking back to the dead for answers or whatever. But what they did back then, which was called necromancy, was they would tie the dead body, the person that that killed the other person, the murderer, his victim. They would tie the victim to the murderer, and they would tie him in such a way that they um their body would they would tie the the person to the back of the person and just tie them up and they could not get the body off of them and of course nobody was allowed to untie that dead person from them and they would um have to walk around with that dead person tied to them until that body just totally decayed and of course by it decaying all of that poison that came from the dead body would go into the the murderer and, of course, that person, that would be their uh, execution. That's how that person would die. And so, so that's one of the reasons why I know Paul used that as an example when he said casting off those weights that easily beset us. Um, and when you talk about the weights, that was the weight, the weight of that dead person. So it's the same thing with us when you look at those weights because they can't kill us. If we don't cast them off, if we don't get rid of those things that are holding us back, that's weighing us down, that's keeping us from going forward into the things that God uh, has purposed for us, we will die a death, maybe not a physical death, and then some people, of course, we know do because they, they open up because they're walking in disobedience, they're walking in rebellion, so they, you know, that releases and, you know, takes away that hedge of protection because there's that open door that allows the enemy to be able to come in and 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 wreak havoc in our lives, and sometimes even cause sicknesses and and all of that to cause us to um, miss God, and therefore we miss out and we die in the as far as our our desires and and that which we're hoping for, because we not never get rid of those things that are weighing us down, and and that causes us to have even a spiritual death, and again sometimes a, uh, also a physical death. And when we don't move out into the things of God and we allow circumstances and people and situations that, again, those old issues to bring death into our lives that we never really reach our destination. And when we die, we do die with that never happening, what God has purposed for us. And so I I just wanted to, you know, put that out there because, again, if you can – 
picture those old issues being tied to you. The same thing spiritually is happening. Uh, you're dying spiritually little by little. And the people, when they when they had this body died, tied to them, they didn't die right away, of course. It was a gradual thing. And so that's the same thing with us. When we don't get rid of those old issues uh, uh, and don't allow the revelation of what God is saying to show forth and to see that, that light goes off, that we see what God is saying and we don't receive what God is saying because, again, we're so bogged down with those old issues that we end up missing God and we end up, again, dying a spiritual death because we've not met our purpose in life. And so we want to really, really keep that before us as we go forward because, again, we want to get rid of these old issues. And, you know, when God gives uh, uh, someone a, a word to speak forth, and he said his word will not return back to him, boy, it will do that for which it's purpose to do. But, again, we have to receive that word. We have to accept. If we're hearing the word of God, we have to accept it. And he said, harden not your heart. And he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. So we want to not just hear with our natural ears, but we want to hear with our spiritual ears. We want to, we want to hear in a way that we are able to receive the revelation of what God is saying, not just to we you know it's this is a corporate word, but there's a there's a personal word. There's something that God is speaking, wanting to speak to us individually that we are to grab a hold to so that we can be the corporate blessing that we've been called to be. So the scripture that I want to highlight for this morning is uh in Second Samuel, Second Samuel chapter nine. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 7 through 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 7 through 9. And it reads, And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy brother's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul." And said uh, thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am? Then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy, ser- thy master's son all that pertain to Saul and to all his house. Now, in this scripture, uh, Dave, King David is talking to Mephibosheth, and he's uh, letting him know that he had an agreement. You know, we, we, we have been talking about the power of agreement and the covenant promises of God, um, and God is wanting to us, and through this teaching, to let us know even the more that he has a covenant promise. He is a promise keeper, and he wants to keep his promise. But as we talk about a little bit more about Mephibosheth, we feel that, no, we do not want to be like Mephibosheth. We want to receive all that God has purposed for us. And so anyway, he's talking to Mephibosheth, and he's telling him, you know, for for I want to show you kindness for your father's sake because of the covenant of that we made, the agreement that we made, the relationship that we had. I want to keep my promise that I made to your father. So when he said, for that father's sake, and he said, and I will restore thee all the land of Saul, thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continuously. And, of course, we know that whenever a king uh, overtook another land. He didn't go back and try to bless the family. Matter of fact, their their way of doing things was just to totally wipe out the whole family till nobody in that bloodline was left. And that's what many had thought had happened with King Saul's family. But David went searching anyway just to be sure, you know, so that he could keep his promise. And, of course, if there was nobody left, then, of course, he couldn't keep it. But he wanted to keep his word. That's just how serious that covenant was, 
and that's how he knew that he made a covenant promise. He knew he had to keep that promise because when they made a promise back in that day, their word was their bond. They didn't say something except, of course, the evil ones that went back on their word, but those that were men and women of honor, they did all they could to bring forth and fulfill whatever that promise was, whatever that agreement was, it, that was their thing to make it happen. So this is what uh, King David was attempting to do when he look, went looking for any of, of Saul's um, family line. And, of course, they he was told about Mephibosheth, and he was told where Mephibosheth was uh, living. And he went to where Mephibosheth was, and, and, and the word says that he was in a place called Lodabar, and um, when you know, and I was looking up the word Lodabar, and so you know, we'll see just what kind of place Mephibosheth was in, and we'll even look at the, the Mephibosheth's name, what it meant. And so he he was in a really rough place. So in Lodabar, uh, it says pastureless. So when we talk about a pasture, it's a place that's alive, that's green, that's grazing, that's a place where they, the animals can eat and they have life because they're being fed. They're, that's where they receive their, their nourishment. So a place that's pastureless, of course, it means the opposite. It means it was a barren land. It was a dry land. It had no pasture. And it also said that it was nothing, that it was without, uh, and a, a place located in Palestine. So... Uh, we also know that, you know, Palestine is, is supposedly the land of um, Ishmael and those who are not, again, a part of the covenant, um, a part of God's promise to his people as it was with um, uh, Isaac and his family. So, again, we see the connection throughout generations and, and how what was supposed to happen um with David wanting to make sure that that happened. So, again, you know, being in a place of nothing, a place without. And so when we look at Mephibosheth's name, Mephibosheth means dispeller, and that's to rid some to rid somebody's mind of a thought or an idea to drive away. So, again, his, he, you know, it was almost like he was cursed because of his name and because now of where he was living. And then when we look at who he was living with, uh, 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 this man named Bekur, and they said that they were a family of salesmen, or that's what the name means in, in, in one sense is Bekur, but when we look further into the meaning of the name, of uh, the origin of the name, it means desolation, it means destruction. So here we have somebody that's in a dead place, somebody who, and, and you can see why he was calling himself a dead dog because it's almost like life was stacked against him. You know, here he was, the king's son. Uh, his father was really supposed to take on the throne, and then he was supposed to be the one in succession when we look at how they did things back then. And here he is, uh, somebody who's crippled, so he didn't consider himself worth anything because he wasn't able to walk. He was crippled in both legs, and he had to depend on other people to do much of what needed to be done. And so, you know, you could see why he considered himself. He said, he said that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am. So the hand that life had dealt him, and you know, the circumstances, the situations that led up to him being crippled and even now him hiding out basically in a place called Lodabar, a place that was dead. And even though he had Ziba, who was his uh, servant, and the servant had all his sons and somebody to wait on him and stuff, and he still didn't look at himself as being anybody of any substance or any difference, making a difference to the world or to the kingdom at all. So he just considered himself not just a dog but a dead dog. And so when you talk about a dog, a dog is one of the lowest animals, especially during back in that time. You know, we, you know, as a people today, you know, the dog is like a family member, but back then that was not the case. And whatever the leftovers and whatever the, the they ate some of everything, they were almost like scavengers that they ate everything. And so they were, you know, considered very vile and contemptible animals. So when someone referred to someone as a dog back then, that was like the lowest uh, insult, excuse me, insult, 
And so even uh, considering somebody a dead dog was even worse because if, you, if you're a dead dog, you're just dead. So you really have no worth and no, no meaning in life whatsoever. And that's how Mephibosheth viewed himself. So I believe that the Lord is, is wanting us to look at this scripture today because I'll, because of many of us with our circumstances and the things that we've gone through and how people want to treat us and how the enemy speaks these words to us to make us feel like Mephibosheth, like we're worthless, like we don't mean anything, like we don't really don't even deserve to live. We consider ourselves dead. Why am I even alive? You know, and so again, those old issues, and 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 I know this. You know, as we talked in the last broadcast, the the um, uh, old issues that we really focused on uh, the last broadcast was the um, uh, people being perfectionists and people being people pleasers and and people with low self esteem. And so, I really want to talk about low self esteem more today because um, uh, we kind of hit on it last week. You know, but the perfectionist and the um, people pleaser, all of that is born out of low self-esteem. And it's really how we view ourselves. And we also talked about the Israelites when God was wanting to take them into their promised land. And, and they were talking about how the people in Canaan viewed them as grasshoppers. Now, they don't know what they viewed them as because they didn't talk to anybody because they were busy spying out the land. So they didn't even know that they were there. But they said, they said well, that's how they viewed us. But it really was how they viewed themselves as grasshoppers. And, and they viewed the people in Canaan, and I'm sure they physically were, were very um, tall people, but they viewed them as giants. And they said, in our, in our eyes, we are grasshoppers. So you're talking about a giant in comparison. Somebody who's a giant, I would imagine, would be at least like seven feet and above. Um, um, and I think there's somebody in the Bible that um, uh, their height was at least like 13 feet or something like that. So if we look at somebody that's 13 feet tall and somebody who's considered the height of a grasshopper, <laughs> You don't even stand a chance, and that's how they viewed themselves, and that's how many of us, hallelujah, that's how many of us view ourselves as grasshoppers in comparison to what God is speaking to us or who God is saying that we are supposed to be. Rather than seeing ourselves as giants, we see ourselves as grasshoppers. And so when we view ourselves in such a minute way, then it's not really possible for us to grab a hold to who God says we really are, that we're able to walk out and, and fulfill the purpose of God, <clears throat> excuse me, because we, <clears throat> excuse me, many of us view ourselves as dead dogs or grasshoppers or somebody of, <clears throat> of no real value. So how can I even think about doing anything because I'm just so low, I'm just so dead, I'm just so small, I'm just so minute in the big scheme of things. I don't really make a difference. And so the faith that we need for God to be able to move and manifest in our lives is not there because we're busy looking at ourselves from such a low place, a low place like Lodabar, a place of nothing. And so, again, in, in our mindset, uh, like with Mephibosheth, you know, again, uh, 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 driving away every thought. So as God wanting, wants to reveal and reveals in his word, as we read his word, it's hard for us to receive what he's saying about us and to us in his word because of how we view ourselves. We're driving it away because of our old issues. We're pushing away what God is saying. And some of us, yeah, are walking in pride, but then so many of us are, it's just low self-esteem. We're just so little. We're just so small. We're just so nothing. So God certainly can't be talking about me, <clears throat> excuse me, just like with Gideon, you know, hiding in the wine press, and God is calling him a mighty man of valor, and he's like, he can't be talking about me. He's looking around to see who else he be talking to. And so many of us are looking around to see who God is talking to. He can't possibly be talking to me. You know, my name is Mephibosheth. You know, I'm nothing. You know, I can't. you can't possibly be talking to me. And that's how many of us feel, and which is why many of us are not reaching are not able to obtain that 
and what God has purposed is not being able to be manifested in our lives because of how we view ourselves. We know, yeah, God is able, he's mighty, he's powerful, he's the great I am God, the sovereign God, the all-powerful God, and he's all of that, all of that, and we believe that. But when we look at ourselves, we don't believe that part that says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We don't believe that part that says we are the beloved of the Lord and that he gives him pleasure to bless us. Why would he want to bless me? I'm nothing. I'm a dead dog. I'm just nobody. I I, I don't have anything to offer. Why would he want to use me? Who am I? I'm just nothing. But he says we are the righteousness of God. He says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. He says that we're the head and not the tail. We're the lender and not the borrower. But if I'm always seeing myself as somebody who's walking in lack, walking in poverty, somebody who, who barely is able to rub two pennies together, not even talking about two nickels, and why would God want to bless me? I'm just nothing. Why would God want to use me? I'm just nothing. I'm just nothing. And we know that our righteousness in and of ourselves, our own righteousness is nothing but as filthy rags unto the Lord. But we are the righteousness of God. God sees us. He sees us at the end of the journey. He sees us in the fullness of who he has called us to be. He doesn't see us where we were, certainly not where we were, because he's thrown all of that into the sea of forgetfulness. But not only that, he doesn't even see us where we are right now. He sees us at the end. He sees us at the finished race, at the end of the finish line of the race. He sees us as having fulfilled and becoming, have become already who he says we would become, already in God's eyes. We are already there. We are already all of who he said we would be. But we don't see ourselves as that because those old issues, that low self-esteem, that dead dog mentality, that grasshopper mentality is blinding us that we're not able to see the revelation of what God is saying. So when we say new revelation, it's not new in the sense of, you know, uh, uh, something that's new in the Word because God, there's no, nothing new under the sun. And everything that God is saying now, he said it all the way from the beginning of time. It was already said. It was already done. But, again, it's, 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 it's us not being able to receive the new revelation. In other words, who God says we are, seeing ourselves through the eyes of God, not seeing ourselves in the past, not in ourselves based on the lies that we told ourselves and the lies that the enemy has been telling us, the lies that our family and society has been saying or is saying about us, but who God says that we are. And, again, we are the beloved of God. Again, we are a workmanship that need us not be ashamed. God is not ashamed. He made us, and, and he's proud of us. He's pleased with us because he said everything that he made is good, and not only good, it is very good. So that's how God sees us. So the revelation, what God is wanting us to see is to get rid of those old issues, get rid of that dead dog mentality, get rid of that uh, um, chef mentality, come on out of low bar the, the lower parts of your mind, and as again, as he said, to come up higher, come up higher in that place where you see things from his perspective, to see ourselves from 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 God's eyes and to see ourselves in as to who God says we are, see ourselves in his word because his word is our mirror and then what he says we are, who he says we are, in his word is who we really are. We are not what we're seeing right now, our mistakes, our circumstances from the past. That is not who we are. We are who God says that we are, but we have to embrace that. We have to receive that. We have to uh, uh, allow ourselves to embrace that and and to let go and to let go and get rid of those weights that easily beset us and and allow ourselves to be untied by the revelation of God who God says we are from those dead things that's slowly killing us that's slowly poisoning us. And the more that dead body stayed tied to that murderer, the more he died, little by little every day. So the more we hold on to those old issues, the more we are dying to to not to self in the way that God wants us to, but dying to the things of God, dying to the revelation of who God says we are, dying to being able to fulfill the accomplishments that God has purposed for our lives. 
We're living a life of hopelessness instead of faint. We're not hoping for anything. How can I hope for the dare I hope? Yes, you dare hope. Because when we we don't receive what God is saying, we're not just rejecting some words on a piece of paper. We're rejecting God himself because the word says that God and his word are one. So when we reject the word of God, we are rejecting God. We are saying to God, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Again, we have to cast down that that every imagination, every vain thing, every lie, every negative thought, everything that we're thinking that whether it's our thoughts or thoughts that's being barraged by the enemy, we are to cast them down. In other words, we are to replace them with what the word of God says. If God says, I am the beloved, then that's who I am. I'm not a dead dog. I'm not somebody that doesn't matter. I'm not a grasshopper. God says that I'm the head and not the tail. I'm I'm not walking in poverty and lack. I'm walking in abundance because I serve a God of abundance. All things belong to him. I'm a joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. You are a joint heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. So all that God gave Jesus, he gave to us. We are we are the joint heirs. We've been grafted into the family, the royal family of the Lord Jesus Christ of God Almighty. We are his sons and his daughters. So all things that belong to him belong to us. And he said when his his testament, that which he's left for us. He said, I've given you my joy. I've given you my peace. And we know that peace means everything. There's nothing missing and nothing broken. It's just not a, just a calm mind and, a, and, a, and a, we just float along life. It's everything, everything that we need, everything that we desire. So God wants us to grab a hold to what he is saying, that we are able to, that, that he is able to manifest his word in our lives. But if we don't get rid of that stinking thinking, that old way of thinking, that grasshopper mentality, that dead dog thinking, then God is not able to do. He said the old day faith is to conduit. It. It's the thing that God is able to bless us through. He said without faith we cannot please him. And, and, and faith, is again, is that conduit, is that which is necessary that connects us so that God is able to give us that which he has purpose to give us. He wants to give it. He's been waiting to give it to us. He's been waiting on us for our thinking to come up higher, our thinking of who we are in him. In him is always in him. Again, in and of ourselves, yeah, we may be just dead dogs, but in him we are not. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are his ambassadors. We are kings and queens of the most high God. And so we're 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 joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. We are seated in heavenly places. We are already up in heaven. Yes, our bodies are here, but he's already placed us up there with him. And so we have to be able to, again, if we're, we're still holding on to those old issues and our old way of thinking and still seeing ourselves as we were in the past before we were saved, that, that we are no long, we're not able to see ourselves from that perspective. It's blocked, it's crowded, the well is all stopped up. You know, in the past we talked about uh, the sisters being being cracked and, and, and being marred. And so God is, is, is through his Holy Spirit, is sealed us to wherever we were cracked, wherever we were leaking, that he sealed it up with the Holy Ghost. And so we're able to hold on to if we allow the Lord to work in the way that he wants to, and we embrace and receive and accept what God is saying to each one of us, that the enemy can't, he can't come up against us. He, he can come up against us, but it will not prosper. It, it, whatever he purposed to do, it will not manifest. It will not flourish. And we can stop the enemy in his tracks because, again, the word of God says that God gave us dominion. And, and, of course, we know what Adam and Eve did, but Jesus came back and he took it all back and he gave it all to us. The power and authority that he was given, he gave it to us. So, again, and he said that the enemy is under our feet. In Luke 10, he said, I've given you power and authority over all the power of the enemy. So the devil has nothing on us. It's only what we allow him to do by receiving the lies that he tells us. 
that he has there, there's the power of suggestion. Because, you know, we know he can do all this other little stuff, but even at that, with whatever he tries to do by using people and situations and all of that, but we stand against that by seeing ourselves as overcomers, as victorious through Christ Jesus, conquerors, more than conquerors, but overcomers through Christ Jesus, that we are able to do exceeding abundantly through Christ, through the power, through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, because it is the anointing that destroys every yoke. So we want to allow the anointing to flow in our lives as never before, that all of these yokes are destroyed, that all of these hindrances are destroyed, that all of that God has purposed. He said it's already done, but we have to allow it to be manifested by, again, embracing what the Word of God says about us, embracing who we are in him, and knowing, again, that we are protected by the blood of Jesus and that God has his angels encamped all about us. But, again, what does the Word of God say? And God has given us favor, and our prayer and our declaration needs to be like Mary, uh, Jesus' mother, when, when the angel told him, told her what God had purposed for her, and she said, yes, be it unto me as thou hast said. And he, and it's the word says that she was highly favored of the Lord. So I believe that the word of God is saying that we too are highly favored of the Lord and that we too are to say, be it unto me as you have said, let it be done, because we are fearfully and wonderfully made, as it says in Psalm 139, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in the name of Jesus. So I thank God for the favor of God, that, that he's moving in our lives as never before, but that we again remove those hindrances, remove the blockages of those thoughts that do not line up with the word of God. So God is saying to us even now, just as he told, uh, uh, David told Mephibosheth, he said, I would, he said, you are to eat, thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And we know that reading the story about, as we read on about Mephibosheth, he refused the land. He allowed David to give it away to the servant. And he just accepted being able to eat from the table. And so many of us are settling. We're settling for less than God has purposed for us. Again, because of those old issues, because Mephibosheth still saw himself, even though David came to him and recognized him as royalty, because he still was royalty, even though he didn't view himself as royalty, even though they weren't still in the, he still wasn't in that seat, but David saw him as royalty. And so he didn't, he no longer, he saw himself as that. So he didn't think again that he deserved anything that David was giving, was offering to him, which was really rightfully his. And so David wanted to give him what was rightfully his. And so it's the same thing with the Lord God. He wants to give us what's rightfully ours. But many of us are not willing to receive it because of how we view ourselves. We don't view ourselves as royalty. We are royalty. We are part of the royal family. And so the royal family, you don't have to, you don't want for anything. And and the land and everything belongs to that person that's over that dominion that belongs to them. And so the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and he is our father. So everything on the earth that belongs to us, every good and perfect thing comes from the Lord. So every good and perfect thing is ours. But we have to be willing to receive it. We don't want to be like Mephibosheth and say, oh, that's okay. I'm just a dead dog. I just be thankful. Whatever crumbs you want to give me, I'll eat from the table. And that's, I, I, that's all I really, I really don't deserve that. But I'll go ahead and take that. Since you insist, I'll go ahead and take that. But I don't want anything else. You just give it to them. And he wants to let him have it, even though the man lied on him you know, about whatever it happened, but he still was willing to receive less than what was purposed for him. So we don't want to be like Mephibosheth. We want all of what God has purposed for us. We don't want to shortchange ourselves because, again, it's not just about us. 
Yes, God want to bless us. Yes, he does. But the blessings, he said that we are blessed to be a blessing. So if we have just enough for us, then how are we going to bless somebody else? So we want to receive all that God has purposed, not just what we need in and of ourselves, but so that we have more than enough to overflow a blessing, that we are able to bless all of those that God would have us to bless. So, again, we're again using the citizenship as an example to show us how we can miss out on much of what God wants for us and has purpose for us, has ordained for us. Again, we get rid of that dead dog mentality. You know, you have to think about what you're thinking about. What is your self-talk like? Because, you know, we went to a service on last week, and, and one of the things that was pointed out, you know, and we know this, we talk to ourselves, you know, in our heads all day long, all day long. And I forgot how many words it was, but, you know, it's constant. There's always that internal conversation that's going on. So I always say, think about what you're thinking about. Do you think about what you're thinking about? What is that self-talk like? And sometimes, you know, we just have to take inventory. As those thoughts start to come, you be mindful of them and write them down. Write some of them down. You don't have to write them all down, but go throughout the day and write down some of the things that come through your mind, and then you will see just what your thinking is, what your mindset is like, so you will know how to attack that those thoughts, those um, those fiery dots, because many times you, you get a thought and you think it's you because it's in your head, but many times it's the thoughts of the in it's the words of the enemy. He's always sending subliminal messages. He's always sending these thoughts because sometimes you'll think something and you're like, where did that come from? Well, many times, especially if it's negative, it comes from the enemy. It's either you or it's the enemy because, you know, we're negative thinking people, then it's coming from us, but it's still born out of and from the enemy. So, he again, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So it's, And that's really the only way that he can really do it because, again, the body does what the mind tells it to do. If you change your mind, you change your life. If your mind doesn't change, your mindset is not positive, your life is not going to be positive. You, you, if you're thinking the same way, you're going to continue to do the same thing. Uh, someone said that insanity was expecting the, something different, even though you're still thinking and doing the same things. So if you're doing the same thing, you're going to get the same results. If you want something different, then you got to do something different. And to do something different, that means you have to think something different because we know that the mind is really the battlefield. That's where the war is really waged. And so that's when the Word of God says that we are to fight the good fight of faith. And when Jesus told Peter, he said, Satan wants to sift you as wheat. And he said, but I pray that your faith fail you not. And so that's God's prayer, Jesus' prayer for us today, that our faith fail us not. That's why we are told to fight the good fight of faith. And we don't fight the devil and to be concentrated on on the enemy and what he's doing, but we're to be concentrating on holding on to our faith. So the more that we read the word, the more we hear the word, the more we meditate upon the word. When he told uh, 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 Joshua, he said, meditate upon the word day and night and let it not depart out of your mouth, and then thou wilt make thy way prosperous. He said, be encouraged. Don't be discouraged. And so, again, the Lord is saying the same thing. To us today, as we meditate upon the word, as we chew upon it, regurgitate it, speak it over and over and over again, chew it over and over again, swallow it and, and chew on it some more. You know, like uh, they talk about a cow chewing its cud. He will chew and swallow it, and then it come back up and chew it some more. And 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 that's what we are to do with the word: We're to meditate on it, mull over it. Think about it, concentrate on it. Uh, like with Mary said, she held it in her heart. So she concentrated, she meditated on what the angel said to her. And so that's the same thing that we are to do. We hold it in our heart. We don't have to tell anybody else, but we are to tell ourselves and, and, and speak it to ourselves constantly and, and, and over and over and over again until it manifests in our lives. 
And so, again, whatever God has spoken to each of us and, and so that we can do our part within the body of Christ because we all have an assignment. We all have a part to play. He said we are many members but one body. So the members have a part to play so that the body is healthy and is whole. Jesus, of course, being the head, but we are the body that's going throughout the earth doing that to which God has purposed to be done. That's already done in heaven. He said let it be done in earth. And so it's up to us to manifest the glory of the Lord in the earth by, by again, getting rid of the old issues. So maybe low self-esteem is not your old issue. Maybe it's lust. Maybe you're a whoremonger. Uh, maybe you're a thief. Maybe you're a liar. Uh, maybe you're a cheater. Maybe you're a gossiper. Maybe you complain all the time. But whatever the root cause is, well, for whatever reason why you're doing what you're doing that is not in line with the word of God, you need to find out what that is so that you can get rid of that old issue that's causing you to act contrary to the word of God. And if you're viewing yourself, again, like a dead dog, like Mephibosheth, and somebody who's resisting uh, what the word of God is saying because you don't think you're good enough. And that's, the, you know, that's the other thing where you said there now is no condemnation. The enemy wants to condemn us constantly and tell us we're not good enough and tell us that, you know, we're wasting our time. And especially if things are not happening in the time frame in which we think, that's really when he barrages us with all of these negative thoughts. The longer it takes for God to do whatever he's doing because, again, he's preparing us. And and we, like the Israelites, we we have a decision in a lot of times in how long something can take, whereas their journey should have been less than two weeks. It was 40 years because he was preparing them for the promised land, getting rid of that mentality, trying to get them to see him as who he really was. And that's what God wants for us today, for us to see him as who he really is, truly, truly. I know we sing the songs. I know we read the scriptures and we say all of this stuff, but many of us do not see God for who he really is. Many of us really do not know God. Therefore, we don't know who we are. So, again, that's why God is saying come up higher. He's going to show us things, but he can't show us things unless we come up higher, unless we come into that holy place, unless we commune with him and spend time with him in that secret place. They say hiding under the shadow of his wings. And when we're in that secret place, we can stay in that secret place. It's not saying that we stay prostrate 24-7, but it's that we stay mindful and conscious of God and allow him to speak to us throughout the day, no matter what we're doing, that we are centered on him, that we're able to hear whatever it is he has to say. And, and then again, a lot of these catastrophes and stuff that's going on in the world, a lot of these things we can ward off. If we're, if we're in that secret place, if we are allowing him to speak that which he, uh, uh, so that we can pray against those things and cast down those things and use the power and authority that he has given us. But if we don't see ourselves as being able to do that, being able to stop anything, then we'll continue to go on and allow the enemy to stop us from fulfilling that which God has purposed to do in and through us. So the Lord wants us to know today to to get rid of those weights that easily beset us, get rid of those old issues so that he's able to reveal to us who we are, who he is, and therefore who we are in him, that we are able to fulfill that which he has purposed for such a time as this. So we just give God the glory. I'm not out of word, but I am out of time, and I just bless God for your joining us today, and I pray that you have received a revelation from the Lord for you personally and to help you to go forward into the fullness of what God has purposed for your life, your part, your assignment that it may be fulfilled, that you may cross the finish line, and that day when judgment comes and God will say to you, well done, thy good and faithful servant. So I thank you, our listening audience, for joining us this morning. To God be all the glory. May he continue to seal this word in your heart and that you will know 
what that issue is, and you give it over to the Lord and repent for it and receive the revelation that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the beloved of the Lord God. You It gives him pleasure to bless you. No good thing will he withhold from those who love him and walk up right before him. So we embrace the truth of your word today, continue to speak to us as never before. To God be all the glory. And again, we thank you for joining us on the Higher Design for Living radio broadcast. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Give you glory. Hallelujah. Bless your name, oh God. Bless your name, oh God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. For we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We're the head and not the tail. We're the lender and not the borrower. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory.